Hey guys, um, just throwing this up here at the front because this week is going to be a three-part episode. Um, yeah, the, it was recorded over two sessions, ended up being a little bit under four hours, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I think it's interesting, um, and I want it out there, so I'm just putting it all out, uh, chopped up into three parts for convenience's sake. Um... Yeah, this is part one. Part two and part three will come uh, a couple days later because it's so long it's taking me a little bit more time to edit it. But um, yeah, I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to yet another episode of When a Guy Has a Really Fucked Gender. As always, I'm your host, Jolene, and I have with me this week, Amity. Amity, would you like to say hello to the audience? Hi. Hi, audience. I'm Amity. <laughs> and I guess we have the kind of the, the, the front-facing question of the podcast, right? Which is, how would you describe your gender in this moment? Right. Yeah, um, how would I describe it? I guess I'd probably describe myself as a non-binary trans woman, perhaps a non-binary trans demi-woman. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah, hell yeah. Uh, I, I, is is that a is that sort of an adequate? Like, yeah, no. I mean, that's I th- yeah, that's whatever you want to say is adequate for that question. I think. Um, cool. You know, we'll kind of uh, we'll, we'll we'll start to you know pull apart what all those mean. I guess kind of over the course of this episode, um, we talked a little bit about before the show, and we we sort of came to the uh, decision that I think it'd be best to kind of go through this just kind of simply chronologically. So how would you kind of describe your your very small, your very young childhood with respect to gender? With respect to gender, yeah. Um, I, um, how do I put it? Like, okay, so I am not one of those trans girls <laughs> who, um, was aware that I was anything other than a boy, you know, my assigned gender. Um, when I was a kid, um, I did, um, you know, when I was like a very young child, I enjoyed like getting my nails painted and stuff like that, but that was about as far as any kind of like non-conforming gender expression went um at least in sort of like obvious ways um you know my my interests were you know skewed very heavily towards like you know sort of like nerdy like boyish coded uh, <laughs> i don't know if that's the right word uh shit like uh i don't know like like superheroes and and video games and um 
you know, that kind of shit. Um, and, you know, that is actually kind of like a source of like, well, I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's something to get into a bit further down. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I remember from my early childhood. Um, probably I was, you know, like, I guess thinking about it a little harder, I can probably remember like instances of me, like imitating like women and girls like in the media that I was consuming in a sort of like bodily way in terms of like how I moved like I, how I would I would like dance around the house or when I was like when I would be out in public I would be you know I would um yeah. sometimes <laughs> uh sorry sorry no, no, no. I mean, that's just, that was, yeah, that was something that was, uh, I don't know, present in my own childhood. I remember my twin sister teasing me for, um, <laughs> it was like playing basketball and, um, <laughs> and, uh, I, I guess the way that I was playing basketball <laughs> was too feminine or something like that. Oh I my gosh. <laughs> for, uh, I don't know, some kind of, something about the way that I was moving, um, <laughs> yeah no that 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 makes sense that's really cute um for for me it was like i i would tend to like you know sort of like skip around like on like the like the balls of my feet in a sort of like pseudo like balletic kind of form and like (laughs) this is sort of like a you know, not not something I have terribly many thoughts about, but it, I do remember, like, at one point when I was, like, 13 or so, my parents, like, without consulting me, just, like, straight up enrolled me in, like, a, like, maybe it wasn't, like, a ballet class, but, like, some kind of, like, dance class that was, like, all girls doing you know that kind of shit and i um i was just sort of like weirded out by the whole thing um and ended up quitting within a few weeks but like i don't know somebody was picking up on something yeah I, that's that's probably going to be kind of a theme for me is this like push and pull between like ways that people around me were you know, picking up on these, like, feminine cues, I guess, you know, and doing shit like that while also sort of, like, railroading me into shit that, um, you know, was more for boys, was, you know, often, like, segregated off, like, gender-wise for, uh, for that. I don't know. <laughs> I'll probably get to that. No, yeah, that's, um... I mean that that's you know not a an uncommon experience um that was certainly something I think that other people sort of understanding or maybe recognizing uh gender nonconformity more than you recognize it um yourself um 
yeah i don't know it's 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 weird it's confusing like did you did you have like a sense of was it like a thing that you picked out at the time as like the way that people are reacting to this is a little bit weird or did you just kind of like take it as like Mm. face value yeah yeah more so the second thing i mean i'm i'm also like autistic and like have dealt with like weird like you know interoception issues where it's like hard for me to like tell exactly like what i'm feeling or why and also like how other people are reacting to me i've often been kind of like oblivious um to that kind of stuff so it i really did just you know i i didn't feel free or whatever like looking back it's like you know i want to like scream at how sort of like circumscribed you know my life was in like so many ways but um uh i was kind of just doing what came naturally under the circumstances if that makes sense yeah um i i would just you know um I didn't think of it as like having any relationship to gender at all. I I didn't, you know, recognize it in that way or or um and the the sort of like social consequences for it were so indirect in in my case that I didn't I I didn't I wasn't really aware that anybody else might be thinking about my behavior in those terms either. Um, uh, you know, the worst I can, you know, the most direct sort of gender policing type behavior that I can remember is like, oh, I was at like a, you know, a summer camp for boys when I was in like elementary school. Um, and I was like scolded by a male counselor for sitting at a you know at the lunch table or whatever with my legs crossed because that was like girly. And then I went to home and I told my parents about it, and they were like, "You know what? What the fuck? Like, <laughs> just sit however you want. It's not a big deal." Um, but so you know, they not- were the ones that sent me to that place in the first place so and you know right well i was going to say it, it sounds it sounds interesting it sounds like your parents ha- had some sort of we're not like particularly you know there there are like some parents who would have anxiety about their child's gender presentation such that they would have like the opposite reaction in terms of like oh maybe you know um our child would enjoy ballet cl- classes right um i guess right with the proviso that we're talking about a child that's being gendered. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, by the world at the time as male. Um, it seems, it sounds like that they weren't right. Their reaction to like the idea that you sort of had some kind of fanciful uh, way of moving or whatnot uh, was not really um 
to be like, oh, you shouldn't do that. It was it was more like, oh, well, maybe here's like a positive outlet for that. Is that kind of yeah. reflective of their their sort of attitudes towards gender nonconformity overall, or were those sort of like uh, more isolated incidents? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to know for sure. I guess what their attitude was about it but they you know you know thinking back on it as best as i can um they were overall like very chill and and maybe uh interestingly when you know discussions of my behavior you know in that way or you know and in lots of other ways came up it was always framed through if if it was framed through any kind of like societal lens or whatever it would be through like disability like ADHD behavior they'd you know maybe tell me i would need to like calm down and stop acting like hyper you know in public um uh but i you know i didn't um not sure uh, what else to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, that's, that's totally okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> no, it's 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 an interesting question, right? It's a weird question. Um... Yeah, actually, okay, yes. Um, in terms of a direction to go with the conversation, <laughs> um, that disability aspect is like a huge like. Or, or that that frame being applied to my life as like a young person um, is very important because like um, like I've given the impression you know overall that my parents were like relatively like chill with my behavior um, and shit and you know in in the present now you know. Uh, insofar as it's been something they've had the capacity to do, they've been like very, very supportive of my transition with a little caveat that I'll like get to later. But like, you know, to, to the point where like it didn't take much in the way of convincing to convince them to like pay for you know, my, like, gender-affirming surgeries that I was, like, in line to get out of pocket. Um, you know, the the need for that was, like, pretty apparent. Um, so, like, that is one thing that is, like, very true about my family and about, you know, my life, I guess. But um, I was, like... You know, I was like a, an ADHD, like special needs child. I probably had some like undiagnosed learning disabilities as well. And um, as a result of, you know, those things, um, my family, who are like more like upper middle class, like, waspy types you know 
one half religious, the other half not, um, were very worried about my disabilities specifically being accommodated within the public school system. And so they sent me to, you know, one of the only local private schools that they could afford, um, which, as it turns out, uh, was an evangelical school um, that I attended for like seven years, like middle school through high school. And, um, you know, there was... um, and it, you know, it, it wasn't, at least not, not to any extent that anyone in my family would admit, it wasn't a, you know, corrective effort in terms of, like, my, you know, my gender shit or my... um or even like my disabilities, it was rather about like, oh, this was a place that, you know, sold itself as being able to accommodate somebody like me. Um, and, you know, my parents didn't have, you know, they, they decided like, God, sorry, it's getting like, I'm getting overwhelmed trying to. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I can, if it, um, I don't know if it helps, like I can be a little bit more, um, interventive and uh sort of keep you from from monologuing too much totally totally Um, was uh was the school like uh were they actually like well equipped to sort of support you um with respect to like adhd and uh other Uh, other sorts of stuff or um it is really hard to say without having you know the experience of you know attending like a a public school to sort of compare it to um you know they there weren't there wasn't much in the way of like you know demarcated like special resources for like a kid with my disabilities and i did feel like i was sort of lagging behind like often even as i was also often like doing very well you know again in my classes um it sort of felt it didn't really feel like there was much in terms of how the school was handling me that separated me from other students and and one of the things actually that ended up happening was my mom ended up working there for about a year and she became a sort of like you know airsats like resource for me that was like constantly like saving my ass by like printing shit on like short notice or whatever like helping like shore up a lot of those like organizational deficits that I was dealing with. But like overall, like, no, I I didn't really feel like I was all that well accommodated. And, you know, as you can imagine, um, you know, the 
this all came attached to like an incredibly like overbearing like evangelical right that fucked me up really bad yeah Um, it sounds really strange to sort of have that kind of like educational environment while your family i don't know i guess i don't want to like make assumptions but it sounds like they were like relatively like kind of liberal yeah yeah i mean my mom you know was the religious one of you know my you know well okay (laughs) sorry i've actually like sort of forgotten what my family structure was like a little bit like my my parents got divorced when i was pretty young but they you know had like joint custody over me and my mom was like remarried my dad was uh, briefly remarried but like that's not like a thing i want to get into at all um but uh yeah no my mom was like you know between my mom and my dad she was the one who was religious she was the one who was more inclined to like you know make me you know go to church not as like a you know trying to instill certain like values in me or whatever but more so because I was like an anxious fucking wreck who couldn't handle being at home by myself, um, you know, until I was like 13 or 14. Um, uh, so I, I had to sort of just come along with whatever she decided to do. Um, but yeah, you know, she, you know, her best friend is like a butch lesbian. She's been to like a million fucking like pride events and like she's getting like a i mean or i don't know more recently she told me about plans she had to get to like a get like a trans pride like colored like tattooed situation um okay interesting but you know she was more than okay with putting me through that you know that kind of environment yeah, that seems like a really str- did you feel like there was some kind of um dissonance in that respect like at the time? Um I didn't I didn't feel anything at the time mostly because I was just I was constantly fucking overwhelmed between like obviously like gender dysphoria that I couldn't put into words and just crushing fucking amounts of homework that I was always behind on and always, like, sort of, like, raising the temperature of my fucking, like, stress level. Um, And, um, you know, friendships that were often, like, tenuous or stressful and... um, Relation, sorry. Uh, can you, uh, sorry, can you ask me like another question to like structure? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, so I guess what was your kind of reaction to the right? Like, so this is like an evangelical school, right? I assume mm-hmm. that there's like a lot of um, a, a sort of general vibe of like conservatism, conservatism was the sort of um the gender nonconformity that we've like referenced um already 
did that um i i assume that that wasn't received well there was it see even then it's like it's weirder than that like i i can't remember instances of being like policed in that way like it, it wasn't like a sort of like catholic school vibe where you know you're and this is like based on like fucking stereotypes or whatever um or like sort of like secondhand like accounts that i've like encountered but it's you know you know it wasn't like somebody waiting to like you know punish me harshly for like infractions against like modes of be like modes of like expression on sort of like a moment to moment level uh it was more like an overbearing like purity culture i guess where you know like i i mean the, there was there was like an ambient I do, I don't remember the ways that like I mean no one ever said the word trans like ever at any point no one ever said the word or e even in like a derogatory context like no one ever said like tranny like at least not around me you know where I could hear it um and um I was never so so like there was a sense of like notions of like gender that way being like buried under like fucking like you know concrete or something and then i don't remember very well the ways that you know discussions about like sexuality and like you know homosexuality obviously were conducted insofar as like homosexuality being something that was like shamed although it certainly fucking was i just don't remember what those lectures or 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 um you know, fucking chapel sessions or, or conversations with teachers or peers. I, I don't remember what it was like other than, like, you know, there was, like, an incredible amount of stigma attached to it, obviously. But um, it was more like it just wasn't... People just did not talk about sex like or at least nobody i talked to about it because of the way that like a specific mode of like heterosexuality was like inscribed in us you know like i a lot of people listening to this are probably familiar with purity culture <laughs> um you know the notion that like what uh, a woman you know a, a girl is disrespecting herself 
if she engages in like any kind of sexual act, sexual activity, you know, with herself or with anybody else, uh, you know, outside of, you know, the bounds of like marriage to a man, um, that, you know, when you are in like a relationship with, you know, with a, a boy, <laughs> uh, you know, then there, there are, strict like limits on what is like what what you're able to do without feeling shame i guess um leading up to you know leading up to that point where you can finally sort of like you know consummate those like frustrated desires (laughs) i guess and you know on the flip side like you know, any, you know, it it is predatory and boundary pushing uh, for, you know, a boy, I guess, to engage in, you know, any kind of sexual activity with somebody else, Um, you know, with a girl uh, that he is engaging in an act of violence, more or less. Um, and, you know, there's like a, you know, a lot of fucking like masturbation, shame and shit too. Um, and, you know, as you can imagine, or maybe as you've experienced yourself or, uh, you know, other people listening have experienced, uh, that shit is like incredibly fucking like deranging, um, when like, when you know for anybody but especially for somebody like me like a an autistic self-hating like trans lesbian um who you know already feels like there's something wrong with me with the way that i live with the way that i engage with my you know my sexuality um, because it, it hurts because of, you know, dysphoria and whatever. And that, that shit, you know, um, it gave me a reason why it should hurt so bad that sort of like reinforced that self-hating loop while providing like no actual answers that would you know lead me to like being able to engage with you know the the whole like the gender of it all if if that makes sense (laughs) have i been making sense you have been you have been yeah When does, when does the gender of it all sort of start to become a more explicit problem, right? When gotcha. do you kind of, when do you, when do you like find out about the existence of trans people? Um, right. Okay. So this was sort of like a stepwise problem. Like, you know, I'm sure I encountered like, just like trans misogynistic like stereotypes and, you know, caricatures and shit, like, going, you know, well back into my childhood. The first, um, 
you know, the first time I ever had anything like a cogent, like, you know, representation of like a trans woman was uh, Orange is the New Black, um, Laverne Cox's character on that show, uh, which came out when I was in, when I was still in high school. And, um, you know, it didn't really prompt any thoughts at the time, but it did sort of like lay some foundation for thinking about like the existence of trans women in a way that wasn't like absolutely fucking deranged by like trans misogyny. Um, and then around, you know, a little bit later shit, like, um, what Dallas Buyers Club and like the Danish girl, which, you know, were very, uh, very problematic. Um, and sort of, you know, did more to derange my conception um, in the other direction. But then, you know, I, I graduated from high school. I, um, I ended up going to um, NYU to study drama. Um, and so I was, you know, very, very suddenly like surrounded by like a bunch of, um, queer and trans people. Um, uh, shit. Um, sorry. Give me a second to think. Yeah, no, no. Take all the time you need. Yeah. Cause my existence, um, in college was sort of bifurcated between like, IRL meet space shit in like school and you know with my cis girlfriend at the time um and then like in online sort of like not quite f not fandom spaces as in like capital F fandom well general sort of like so social media spaces where i was like interacting regularly with a bunch of people with like shared interests and like pop culture and politics discussions and shit um and several of those people were trans women um some of them are trans women who now have like fairly large platforms on social media, which I think is pretty funny. Um, uh, and um, can you remind me what the question was? Um, I mean, so it was originally just like, when did you kind of become uh, conscious of the the gender of it all? Of, I guess, the the existence of transition as like a thing that could happen to someone or that some people did. Right. Okay. So around this time I, I was sort of like engaging in like a, a very intense sort of like self-directed, like political education that, you know, tended to involve like a lot of shit about like, trans people and i would watch like 
YouTube videos about, you know, created by trans people, mostly trans women, talking about, you know, trans issues and also talking about other shit. I mean, I, I was like, what I mean, I was watching fucking like ContraPoints videos like well before she was, before she, uh, before she transitioned. Um, and, you know, feeling like something, some kind of vibe from this whole situation. But I, you know, I was, um, And it was like a couple years into that that I, you know, I insisted on a kind of, on like a non-binary identity for myself. I like went from using like he, him pronouns to like he, they, but I, you know, I, I wasn't really like expecting anybody to like, you know, humor that or, you know, I should say like respect that. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I would talk to my girlfriend at the time about, you know, wanting to like wear dresses and makeup and shit. And she did, she, she didn't take it well, but she didn't take it like, she didn't go full, like, um, what's the word, trans widow, like, fucking psycho on yeah, me about yeah. it either. But, like, that that little bit of pushback, you know, was enough to sort of, like, put me back in the closet for a while. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm you know, it, it's like... It was to be expected, you know, of somebody in her position, but it's still something I'm really fucking angry about because, um, you know, it, my life was miserable <laughs> um, in the closet. Uh, it's not an unfamiliar thing. Um, and then... Yeah, Like, so. I'm sorry, I, I haven't been answering the question of like, when did I realize I was a trans well, woman? <laughs> well, no, I mean, that wasn't really like necessarily the question, right? The question was like, what was the, you realizing the possibility of transition, right? And I guess I think of that question as being sort of a separate question from like, when did you realize that transition was a possibility for you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Right, and those, those are two sort of, like, you know, some people, like, know it. So some people, like, know that transition needs to be a possibility for them before they know that it's a possibility at all. Um, I wasn't like that. Um, and from what yeah. you're saying, I don't think it sounds like you were like that either. No, I, um, um I, the way I conceptualized my distress, it was, like, it was entirely, like, medicalized or like psychiatrized that's probably not a word but um you know i you know i i had collected like a bunch of different you know diagnoses for like 
generalized anxiety disorder and ADHD and, um, you know, all kinds of shit. And like, that was the lens I was given to like frame, you know, my fucking misery. And even though I was like, I was so, you know, drawn to like trans aesthetics and, and, you know, feminine, you know, aesthetics and modes of, you know, expression, um, within like very heavily like constrained or, you know, circumscribed like parameters or a lot of words that mean the same thing. (laughs) Um, uh, I, I had no idea, um, I mean, I, I, I would even, you know, I would go on, I, I made tentative steps. Like I said, like I, I, I did, you know, start identifying as non-binary. I didn't start expecting people to treat me as anything other than this weird boy. Um, though I was always flattered when people did, and it was usually other trans people that were doing that. Um, you know, like at school, and I, I would, I even joined some, like, queer, you know, like, discussion groups, because um, I, um, you know, I felt like an affinity for that, and I would, like, I would yell, I would scream about how fucking miserable and you know, being expected to like be, you know, a boy or a man or was, was making me, but like it, it, I didn't realize what I was talking about there and nobody else really picked up on what was obviously happening there to offer me any sort of guidance. So I was kind of just screaming into the void for years um, even among other queer people, even among other trans women, um, which is pretty frustrating in hindsight. Um, and then, um, it, uh, then what happened? I mean, it, it, it kind of, it, it kind of only gets more miserable from there. I mean, sort of, um, my relationship with, I mean, I, okay, I dropped out of school because I was so fucking dysfunctional that I, I could not keep up with, you know, the demands of being in college anymore. I started attending like a psychiatric day program where they tried to diagnose me with fucking schizophrenia. Um, you know, nobody ever diagnosed me with like PTSD at that point, uh, you know, let alone gender dysphoria, even though I talked about, um, you know, some like, you know, gender feelings in those environments and also would describe other, you know, symptoms of gender dysphoria that, you know, we wouldn't think of as, you know, immediately relating to gender, but shit like, you know, dissociation, depersonalization, even like, you know, numbness of my fucking skin, like not just, you know, in a sort of like spiritual sense, but literally like, when my, you know, when my partner would like touch my skin, I would feel like there was a layer of like chalk between hers and mine. Um, 
you know, and layering on like a fuckload of like sexual trauma to can I actually like sidebar for a second to like talk about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like something you don't want on the podcast or, or just no, need no. to like take a little detour. It is it's more of just like a detour or like yeah, a, a yeah, thing that it. I want to say like out loud where people can hear it. It's like I mean, you know, I was You know, I, I, I was given, no, how do I put it? Like, straight up, I want to say that, like, the the expectation that's placed on, like, closeted trans girls, I'm, you know, I'm thinking specifically, like, trans lesbians, because, you know, that's what I can sort of, you know, relate to most closely and, and who I can speak for most confidently, I guess, you know, the expectation that we, you know, take on, you know, male sexual roles, you know, with or without the, you know, like insane, like purity culture shit that I was put through or like the additional layer of like, sexual like or of like trauma from like you know psychiatric meds that induced like sexual dysfunction that made me feel like my body was even more fucked up than i already felt like it was or um you know like sexual abuse i was being put through by you know older peers you know contemporaneous with you know more like ostensibly like level like you know relationships i was having with people you know my own age like in high school and then in college um uh and you know who didn't have that same kind of like who, who i would not necessarily call abusers um you know, even without those layers, I would still say that that expectation that, you know, we take on those kinds of roles uh, is, you know, tantamount to like a normalized form of sexual abuse of children. Um, does that make sense as a thing to say? Yeah, no, I think that there's this like really kind of like... Um... Right. It's I, I think that people have a hard time sort of like triangulating um what what like sort of like a gender hierarchy means and what right, because you, you we can talk like sort of like distinctly about something like a patriarchy, but that doesn't mean right, it's not like a sort of simple like you know, men are the ones that can do what they want and women are the ones that can't. It's like, no, like, right. are sort of yeah. subordinated to the list of, like, things that they can do. And that becomes, and that, that means that, like, if you are someone who, for whatever reason, is sort of picked out as having to be a man, that delimits what your options are in a way that that does, you know, um, Yeah, that does do that. Yeah, and it, 
like I mean, I could in in like a an oversimplified way because obviously this like exists within like a context that like you know trans misogyny is sort of like atmospheric like you know our capacity to like engage with ourselves like as women or as girls is something that we are alienated from in so many ways until we're able to like claw it back for ourselves um but just like in like very simple terms like being coerced into like you know by society or whatever into engaging in you know modes of like sexual activity that induce like dysphoria and like hurt in that way like it it you, you know it's it's and then and then we don't get anywhere to talk about that kind of thing. We, d- we don't get any, like, the cis-feminist lens on what, like, sexual abuse or childhood sexual abuse or whatever is, there's no purchase for us there at all. It's like, because that's not what we're taught, like, rape, like, looks like at all. Like, even to the extent that I was aware of what that shit was when I was a teenager of, of what like sexual abuse was. Um, and I was being subjected to some more like traditional forms of it, but there's no, like, I, I didn't have anybody I could talk to who would be able to understand what the fuck I was saying. Even if I did have words to put to what I was feeling um when that shit was happening to me um and generally the attitude towards closeted trans girls is like you know no one fucking cares like shut the fuck up no one even (laughs) considers that it's like a possibility right yeah Um, yeah because yeah you know boys aren't supposed to be able to be hurt that way even though we are constantly and everybody can see it but they pretend not to be able to see it. and when i say you know we i mean closeted trans girls and you know which mirrors the ways that you know our abuse is excused um or rationalized away uh, when we're out of the closet too, um, like all the like male socialization shit that <laughs> is, you, you get you get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's sort of the end of that like <laughs> digression. <laughs> But I, you know, I did, I did want to say that because it is, um, I don't see a lot of people putting it in those terms. I, I, you know, I, I see a lot of bargaining with, you know, cis feminist framings of abuse to describe what happens to us. And I don't, 
I don't think it's adequate. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't think it's adequate to our own conception of ourselves, if that makes sense, you know, primarily. And then, you know, as a, as a basis for, you know, liberatory struggle or politics or whatever. Yeah. God. No, for sure. For sure. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't disagree with any of that. Um, um yeah i don't know i think that's 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 kind of how it goes um unfortunately right it's Mm -hmm. i don't know people are not as sort of conscientious about sex as they think that they are there's a lot of um there's a lot of common sense about sex that's actually just you know uh really really harmful and people are People struggle to, you know, sort of like reconsider those, and I think that's been, uh, you know, a not not insignificant part because a lot of times the the cases that would ask us to reconsider those are ones that are like quite intimate and personal, and it, it sort of gets all, um, all all, all messy and so on. Yep. Um, <laughs> that is, yeah, not something I'm unfamiliar with personally. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, me either um right it's like, <laughs> makes sense yeah I, I feel like it's probably the case for most of us certainly yeah everybody like us that i know yeah well and it, right it's also interesting there was like a sort of at least i mean it sounds like this wasn't necessarily the case with you um right but like for me right like prior to like myself coming out as trans there was like I've talked to other trans women that had this sort of experience too, where like um, their gender nonconformity was kind of something that was like socially valued among like, you know, um, I don't know, like the the person that I was dating at the time that I like realized I was trans was like, um, it's like really into like feminism and like, you know, we were both bisexual. We were like a bisexual power couple. Um, <laughs> she was like very, and so it was like there to like the extent that I, like I was like gender nonconforming. That was like a thing that like I think she like liked like in a genuine sense, and like also like a thing that like had some sort of like um moral or like ethical cachet to her, right? That that was like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I'm not uh I'm not like the you know the 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 bad men or whatever, right? Um, right, but then when that when that sort of when that gender nonconformity, there's like a line with it where it comes and then it becomes like, oh, wait, no, this is like getting too real or like this is like, mm-hmm. this is too much. And it, you know, sort of snaps back to this like very, very like, no. <laughs> um, yeah. And that, you know, that um, I have sort of like a uh, maybe like a bifurcated kind of version of that experience. I, I hope I'm using that word correctly. Like, um, I mean, like, you know, I, I was backtracking a little bit to high school. Like I, you know, I was part of like a, a class or like a cohort that was, I feel like was like unusually like dense with like a lot of like, queer and neurodivergent and like 
you know, gender non-conforming types, even as like, you know, our, our expression was like pretty intensely regulated through like uniforms. Um, that's another aspect actually that I didn't mention earlier, like, you know, the enforcement of like gender norms at my school, like it was sort of like codified into shit, like, um, uniforms or like a very strict dress code or whatever, um, where, you know, we weren't, we weren't allowed to wear anything, you know, people identified as boys were not allowed to wear anything other than like polos and khaki pants. Um, that was it. Maybe jeans occasionally. Uh, that was it. So there was no, like, like any, any kind of other expression was like right out. Um, but um, within, you know, those parameters, like I, I, I wasn't like, you know, even in that environment, like I, I was not, you know, like unpopular or whatever. I, I had like a lot of friends who I, I shared like a lot of like, you know, political values and aesthetic sort of interests with uh, at the at the time you know my the you know the person that i was dating at the time um you know who did not go to the same school um you know was also you know sort of like that what the fuck am i talking about um but um yeah, when I when I got to college especially and I started like engaging very seriously with feminism and I was, you know, identifying as like bisexual at the time even though I don't think I would anymore um or at least not in the sense that I thought I meant at the time um uh I was kind of forcing it for like a sort of like you know trans feminine lesbian inflected version of like compat or whatever um uh but yeah i i was valued within those milieus i guess for you know for my open-mindedness for my sort of free-spiritedness, I guess, the, you know, the, the weird shit, the, the weird shit I did that was, like, cute and, like, not, you know, disruptive and, yeah, my, you know, my political interests and values and stuff. Um, but uh, the important thing there is that, you know, my, my, girlfriend who I dated through like all of college was straight, um, you know, very straight identifying at the very least. I, I honestly don't know what her deal is. Uh, she ended up having a lot of crushes on a lot of people who turned out to be trans women. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't give it a lot of thought anymore because um, it's been it's ages like since I. Kind of thing that happens, you know. I, I I've known girls like that too, where they keep ending up involved with trans women. Um, yeah, like, I've, known, I've known guys like that where they keep ending up involved with trans men despite not really trying to. It's kind of, it's kind of funny. It's like, yeah, and it's like something going on, but no one, yeah, no one can really figure out it, how. Is it? Is it like? <laughs> 
some kind of like repressed lesbianism? Is it like an attraction to a form of boy shaped thing that you maybe get a sense will, I mean, you know, speaking generously, you know, maybe be inclined to, you know, treat you well or you know like treat you like in in accordance with like you know certain like feminist values or whatever and then on the other side of that coin is like oh is this a person that maybe you feel like you can easily control because you can sort of like even without realizing you're doing it regulate you know their their access to or proximity to you know their own gender sort of like through you in a way that is kind of hard for me to describe um uh and this wasn't like in my case the the reason going back to where i said like i had like a bifurcated version of this experience you know my my girlfriend in college was not like i you know did not have any sort of like queer identity that she claimed you know she was like a a feminist but that was kind of it um and was actually kind of like pretty insecure about being like one of not one of the only straight girls around but being a straight girl in an environment where queer people had a bit more a bit more cachet a bit more you know a bit more it factor or whatever um yeah and you know she would sometimes seek reassurance for me to sort of like shore up those insecurities um i don't want to blow that up into like a bigger thing than it was but like she that did have the effect of like reinforcing my conception of myself as being like you know if not straight and if not a man at least being something close enough to that or some somebody who had to you know occupy that role within that relationship which was from about half of my life because most of the rest of it was in a state of like you know tenuous connection or like dissociation or constant like falling apart if that makes sense um and then after that relationship ended um very quickly um you know it, that relationship like imploded like very dramatically um it was like a very 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 intensely fucking miserable uh time and you know, that left me very vulnerable and very shortly afterwards, um, I ended up in 
an abusive relationship with a sort of closeted trans-masculine, you know, femboy type um, who provided, like, sort of what you were saying about, like, oh, like, this is a relationship where we can be queer together. This is a relationship where we can relate to each other on the basis of queerness and bisexuality and um, and even transness at that point um, um, because, you know, it, w- it was in this relationship where I finally realized I was a trans woman. Um, uh, you know, after like doing like dramatic fucking gender dysphoria in front of this partner, um, for, you know, the first few months of that relationship, he finally just asked me like, Hey, you know, do you want to be, do you want to be a boy or a girl? And I was like, Oh, okay. Now that somebody is asking me, it's all falling into place. Um, you know, I yeah. realized on the spot right there that like, I'm, I'm a trans girl and whatever doubts I had about that going from that point forward were, you know, they were overawed by my desire, you know, for that. Um, but, um, and, uh, you know, I, I probably am you know, going to talk a bit more about the ways that that shit like that relationship like structured my engagement with my identity but um i do want to sort of like regroup with you for a second (laughs) yeah no for sure um yeah no it's it's funny right it's when like you put the question like really simply i don't know that was like a big moment for me with like um regards to like getting my vaginoplasty it was like a friend was just like if you could pick one what would you pick and i was like oh that's easy yeah um it's like a really it's like a deceptively right it's like a deceptively simple question and i think it's i mean you know it's one of those things like people always talk about like oh you know there's like so many ways of kind of writing off those feelings it's like it's just like you know the grass is always greener or doesn't everyone want to you know want that or doesn't everyone Mm -hmm. like or, uh, you know, it's just, like, kind of, like, a forbidden fruit, like, temptation type thing, but it's, like... Yeah, yeah, and isn't everybody just kind of, like, you know, isn't isn't it normal for boys, I guess, to, like, constantly be, you know, admiring the women around them? Uh, you know what I mean? Like... Um, and yeah, I mean, that, like, that question, I mean, and, and that became like the method for how I would engage with a lot of, you know, the decisions I would go on to make about my transition, um, uh, was 
um, you know, just holding two options in my head and if not, you know, being able to identify which one I wanted more than asking myself the question of like, which one would I be more heartbroken if I couldn't have it? Which one am I more willing to forsake for the sake of the other one? Um, you know, that's how I ended up picking, you know, my names, um, sort of, <laughs> or my, you know, my current names anyway. Um, and also my current pronouns. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's something we haven't really mentioned this entire podcast, but it, it was something that was on my list of things to get to, right? Which is you use, um, fair pronouns right that's that's right yeah. yeah and um i mean the story behind that i guess is like i mean i've gone back and forth on the question so many times of like am i non-binary or am i just dealing with a lot of internalized transmisogyny coming out of an incredibly like deranging and abusive relationship with a non-binary you know trans mask spectrum person who like imprinted a sense of like what was the we, cool we, uh... and acceptable way of being trans onto me um, versus what was the sort of like, you know, weaker, you know, degenerate form of it. Uh, sorry, what were you saying? Oh, um, I, nothing. Um, sorry, <laughs> continue. Sorry, I, I am actually like building to the, the pronoun situation with this. No, no, yeah, I, I believe that. Um, so yeah, I would go back and forth on the question of am I non-binary? How significant is it that I was identifying as non-binary before I was identifying as a trans woman? Um, do, is this a question I'm asking myself because I'm trying to figure out if this is something I want or is it just on my mind because, you know, all of the transmisogynistic, like, abuse and dog shit I was subjected to had me convinced that like being a trans woman, you know, wasn't enough or whatever. And, you know, I, I ended up somehow I ended up in a place of just like accepting that I, I you know, I probably am non-binary. I don't understand exactly what that means. And if I'm wrong about that aspect of my identity that's that's fine and you know there's not a whole lot i can fucking do about it at this point because i am terminally fucking ill um but you know i that that was sort of like a settled question for me for a while i was like oh i'm like a sometimes i'm like a she her sometimes i'm a she they but i am like a non-binary trans woman um and then you know a few months ago um you know laying on my 
sick bed as I've been doing uh, 24-7 for almost eight months now. <laughs> um, I It occurred to me that I don't know how it happened. Like, I follow some people on social media, on like on Twitter, who use those pronouns, and that ended up being some sort of like alchemical sort of like foundation for this thought to emerge of like, or this impulse, like, hey, do I want to use these pronouns for myself? And that became a question that it didn't really have like, you know, a justification for it attached to it. It just became a question that I was, you know, fixated on and wouldn't go away until I came up with like a yes or no answer. And I thought about it, um, you know, using that like method, I guess that I described and, um, I, you know, I would play out scenarios in my head. I was like, you know, uh, and, and they would tend towards like the morbid, I guess. It's like, oh, when, when people speak about me, you know, after I'm gone or people speak about me at my funeral or whatever, would I, would I want them to use fey, fair pronouns for me? Or would I want them to use she, her pronouns or they, them pronouns? And I realized, you know, I, I wanted the, the fey, fair pronouns. And it's basically as simple as that. Um, I, I, you know, I feel a pressure, not from you, um, uh, but, you know, generally to try to justify that decision you know, further than that, but I don't, I don't feel like I actually have to. Um, it's just, it's something that I realized I wanted sort of capriciously, and then I, I took it. Um, I took, I, or yeah, I, I, I decided to do it. Um, and it, you know, it it felt cool. It felt a little bit romantic to be, you know, making an important like self discovery like that in the you know degenerative condition that I'm in. It you know it made me feel like I was um, still alive uh, in a way that's been hard to come by um, lately. Um, and I think uh, I think more people should maybe consider if they want to use neo pronouns because I don't know it's just it's not like like I want to say like oh like it isn't like a cringe thing to do which is an impulse I had to fight but it's like I don't want to like you know I don't want to over egg the pudding it's just like a normal. It, it feels like normal to me. It, it it doesn't feel special. It just feels, you know, correct or or more correct. Um, you know, I. It, it's not like I was engaging with like a, a huge list of like potential 
you know, neo pronouns to use. It's again, it's just one that I encountered that popped into my head. And, you know, five years from now, I might have otherwise like decided on something completely different. Um, I, I have had that kind of like, and, and I'm used to that kind of temporary like connection to like aspects of my identity names even like i the name i have now is not the name i had when i came out as a trans woman it's not the first name that i changed my name to uh after realizing that i was you know that i was trans um and it's not a name that i am you know, that when I chose it, I felt would necessarily have to be permanent for me either. Um, but it it felt better than what I was using before. Um, it was something I was able to put a bit more thought into because I had a bit more space to breathe than what I had than I was allowed in the environments I was in before. Um, uh, so yeah, I, 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 I don't have like a gender cosmology for myself relating to my pronouns, but I, you know, I do have a process, I yeah. guess. Yeah. And a basic, you know, respect for my own impulses, uh, you know, to not immediately crush them. I mean, you know, you know, it's a similar impulse that led me to like ask to be on the show to begin with. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. And oh, I had a, well, and there's right. There's like something that you, you mentioned in there that I guess we, I haven't really mentioned that much in the episode that far, but I guess is there right, um, like the fact that yeah, your your condition is terminal, and mm-hmm. I guess that's like a kind of that's like a very sort of stark like um, existential way of thinking about something like pronoun use, right? Like thinking about like how do you want people to talk about you when you're no longer around? That's yeah. Or how that do wasn't I? Something I ever I ever really considered when I was thinking about um, you know pronouns or yeah, it, like it that, wasn't. But, it wasn't something, it's not something that anybody around our age should be having to think about. Um, uh, and you know, it it definitely wasn't for me before, you know, it became apparent to me that I was dying. Um, but yeah, it's about, yeah. How do I want to be referred to after I'm gone? And, and also, you know, it prompted this question of how do I value, how do I value this part of my identity, um, which is a generalizable question for me, you know, as I'm going through this, knowing that it is not just that it's coming to an end, you know, relatively soon, um, but also because, you know, my condition isn't just terminal, it is specifically a neurodegenerative condition, which means I am the my capacity to engage with 
everything I care about, everything, my, my identity, my interests, my partner, my memories, all of it, it's being pruned away constantly and in real time such that I can feel it getting worse over the course of every day and feel a big drop um, when I wake up in the morning, every morning. Um, and, it, you know, being confined to bed doesn't help that necessarily either. Um, but, uh, yeah, and it is, you know, it makes me so fucking angry that I want to scream sometimes, and, but sometimes I don't even have the sort of capacity to be angry about anything I'm going through because my head's just empty because of what this illness is doing to me. <laughs> um, yeah. And... Uh, I, I do want to talk about my illness some more, but I, I, I do want to talk about like stuff leading up to that a bit more too. Um, yeah, that sounds that's good. Okay. 